The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big money on your outdoor project now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. Check out our entire selection of FVP batteries today and view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals. Save big money at Menards. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. Uh, we got a two-man crew tonight. Glenn is out uh, with uh, girlfriend duty, so it's myself and Mr. Matt Morgan. Matt, how are you doing today, tonight? I'm doing great. Doing great. Just wanted to give a shout-out. Happy birthday, Mrs. Rubenstein. Yeah. Um, Glenn never misses a show, so obviously, you know, it's why his birthday kind of a big deal. Um, but, uh, you know what I was thinking? I was thinking to myself, Glenn is like super hyper, uh, probably responsible, but super hyper, uh, lockdown right now in his house, not really getting out and doing much. So I really am superly interested in what Glenn had planned for the misses when I know they're not going out anywhere. Right. There's no way Glenn is Glenn washes down his groceries and shit. Right. Still when they get delivered. So I'm wondering what creative juice does Glenn's got going. I wonder if it's a blue, he would totally say this about us, by the way. Um, I wonder if Glenn's got a, uh, a blue chew night plan. <laughs> I'm sure. I mean, really, yeah. what can you, what really is there to do inside the house that really can't do? I'm predicting he'll cook. I am predicting he'll cook for the messes. I could see That's cook watching some obscure movie. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then then the blue chew, then it's blue chew time. Yeah, uh, it's, it's better. <laughs> it's better than three hours of raw. I mean, raw tonight. It, it was. Uh, I feel like there's a lot of good stuff on here, but the three hours and then the bad segments, it just makes it so hard to watch. Yeah, if there was another day, they owe a certain amount of hours, you know at three hours every week. But I, I was hoping this pandemic would have shown them the importance of keeping it to two hours and what a benefit that could do. Because, okay, when SmackDown sucks, it sucks a hell of a lot less than Raw does when Raw sucks. Right. Raw sucks. That extra hour, just it just it just adds so much extra time. I mean, it feels like six hours, you know, like five or six and, hours. In Raj, I didn't want to text you earlier. Like, folks at home watching, I'm um, sorry, this is uneven. Um, I very rarely will text Raj in the middle of Raw. And when I do, it's usually because something cool happened or something big happened. And we try to save it for the show. But, like, I shot my two messages of this is just torture. The show is now becoming torture to watch. Um, and I had high hopes. I don't want to say any of that negative stuff. So many ex-wrestlers, I used to hate it when I wrestled, when I'd see them cover these shows, and they would just bury it, bury it, bury it. I'm like, this grizzled old vet, get off the damn networks. Quit burying younger talents. You know, but to be fair, now I'm in that, I feel like I'm in that phase. <laughs> So I never want to come across that way. I wanted to come into this, be excited to talk about, look at all these cool new things WWE is doing with this pandemic, using it to their advantage to use higher production quality value and different outside-the-box ideas maybe that they got pushed into now. And it's just like, I don't see any of that. No. Uh, yeah, the shows have been basically looking the same since the second week. The only thing they've really changed is where the hard cam is. And, uh, you know, I, again, I don't, it's not a WWE versus AEW thing, but at least AEW, you wow. see them trying the video vignettes and putting some people in the crowd and WWE can, can do it. They're in Florida. So they can add some people to the crowd and, and just try to get some noise. Cause that empty arena just sounds so, uh, just sounds so bad. My question is why are they not doing music for every match? I mean, I, I did. I thought the music wasn't terrible. At Money in the Bank, for instance, like I thought that made it slightly less bad. 
Yeah, I mean, they tried to have the music go with it. And, you know, Money in the Bank was taped weeks ago when they, they put it together. So I, I guess they could, if they did like a generic soundtrack. But I think just, just adding those fans, I thought on, I thought on Dynamite, it made a world of difference. Because, oh, you know, the totally. week that Dynamite had no fans at all, that was brutal as well. And then... Uh, I used to argue with you, and I'll never do it again, that I didn't care if there's a hot crowd Right. Like it didn't make a difference to me watching the show at home of the match that would be going on, right? A versus B in the middle of a match. I'm just super like glued into the match, the psychology, the storytelling. And if the fans are in it, great. If they're not, I'm not turned off by it either. Right. And you always just like, no, dude, no, it makes a world of a difference with a hot crowd. It adds to it and whatnot. And to a degree, I would agree with NXT shows, it did because they pop for everything. And I kind of like that. But, like, now without them, it is, like, night and day. And the difference is, it's not AEW or WWE thing. It's just AEW, besides having fans there, which adds to it, they also change the aesthetic of their show. If you watch, you watch how they time it out, right? They don't do too much of the same thing that we're looking at the whole entire time from that hard camera shot. They shoot their backstage stuff. It's not really backstage. They'll give a different vignette that will pop in there right after that match and different things, Jake Roberts things in the middle of bumfuck woods wrestling or, you know, crazy stuff out of nowhere um, with Darby Allen or whatever. It gives a different feel to the show Yeah. at all times. It feels like it feels like every segment feels different. Yeah. Whereas this, this all feels the same. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think also uh, the commentary, you know, we, we started this. So on Thursday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern, we're doing these Saturday nights main event watch alongs. And uh, we just did the first one last week. We're going to do it again this week. Justin Brasso, Sports what? Illustrated. And we'd love to have you on sometime too, Matt. But um, uh, what's it? What, what did you cover? Which one? So we're starting in 1987. So it was the January 87 where it was Hogan versus Mr. Wonderful in the steel cage uh, where they landed whoa. at the same time. <laughs> Oh, good good choice. Yeah, so we're going in order, basically 87, 88, and and probably stop in 89. But the commentary was so good on those shows that you could just listen to the commentary with Vince and Jesse. And that you you don't have to watch the match. They were so good. It was so entertaining. And that, and, you know, Howard Finkel doing the ring announcing. And you just miss all those aspects that brought the show together that really made the whole thing entertaining. And I'd like to see them try different things with commentary. Get some people out there that can, you know, really you, turn it up. Did you hear Cole's commentary on the money in the uh, what's it called? Money in the what's it called? Yeah, the, the, the ladder match. Yeah, at the very end, it was like and you're a winner, <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> it was so anticlimactic. I'm like, dude, you're supposed to be announcing the winners. Okay, I get Otis is a joke, so okay, fine. But Asuka winning it shows some crescendo. Like, yeah, Asuka is your winner. Yeah. Something. Yeah, I mean, they turned off the commentary. They had commentary right at the beginning and then back at the very end. But it was just like to introduce and then just to say goodbye and not sell what you just saw. It was a pre-tape on top of it. That means, again, Justin pointed this out. He's right. Somebody saw that and said, okay, we'll stick with this. Yeah. No. Somebody said, Cole. Drink something, do something, pep up a little bit. Yeah. Put Shane and uh, Triple H out there and just have them kind of going at it, and, oh, <laughs> you know, bro, taking shots was, at each other. What made, you th- what made you think of Shane? That actually would have been good. Well, I was just thinking of Vince and, like, who else is like Vince? And then uh, I was thinking Triple H is good. And Dude, then if you have Shane, Shane was, you'd have that interesting dynamic. Shane used to be really good back in the day during the Attitude Era when he used to join in Cornette and Jim Ross on the – commentary every once in a while he was hilarious yeah um he'd be much better now too yeah yeah absolutely uh so the big news tonight uh becky lynch came out to open the show uh came out earlier today that she has a big announcement she hasn't been in action since wrestlemania and which was taped at the end of march she came out and said that she has to uh relinquish the title she was uh, emotional and she said that she spoke with wwe representatives and basically the Money in the Bank match this past, uh, last night, Jesus, it feels like a while ago, uh, would be for the Raw Women's title. She took it out. Asuka came out, presented it to Asuka. I'm a big Asuka fan, uh, but then she starts jumping around. You know, Becky's in there emotional. This is a serious moment. 
And then Asuka starts jumping around and then jumping on the announcer's desk. And this seemed like one of those points in time where you don't do that. Um, you know, like Roman's leukemia announcement, you don't have a 24-7 title segment during that. It's serious. Right, right. Either save Asuka for later, just have Becky relinquish it, and then you announce what you're doing right. with the title later. But having that, I just felt like there was a disconnect. Tell the folks at home why she relinquished it. So, yeah, so Asuka was celebrating, came back, and Becky said, you go be the warrior, I'm happy for you, I'm going to go be the mother. So, Becky is pregnant, Becky and Seth, and uh, they did a, yeah, congratulations to the both of them. Uh, they found out earlier uh, in April, they, t- they took a couple of tests, and that came out negative, then they tried a digital one, that one came out positive, they found out about it, and, you know, they're... Super excited. The baby is due in December. That's outstanding. And during a time like this where I can't imagine, I can't even fathom how scared they must be with mm. the virus out right. there. You know what I mean? Good Lord. Um, but what a silver lining in all of this, right? That's real life shit. And uh, I'm looking forward to messaging her about this. This is, I, I found it's like the rest of everybody in here. Yeah. Um, I mean, her entire world's going to change. His world's going to change. You know, you're dead. Yeah. It's, 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 it's exciting. I'm excited for them. Yeah. When they showed him later in the show, when he was all just strung out, I was like, that's, that's what he'll be like three weeks after he has the baby. The <laughs> <laughs> uh, good news is that dude is paid and I'm sure she is too. So yeah, they're going to be just fine. Yeah. Justin Lopez talking about the money in the bank commentary saying Cole sounded like he was doing a video game voiceover. Same with Steph. When she was speaking to Dana, she sounded so monotone. Yeah. I mean, a lot of this dialogue isn't jiving. And, and they, to, to, to that fan's point, the super chat's point there. Um, Stephanie was obviously using her camera phone. It was shot somewhere else. You could tell that too. Um, and it just didn't connect. It was lazy. Yeah. Uh, so Oscar is now your <laughs> women's champion, and yeah, again, uh, big congrats to Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins. Very cool. And I'm happy about Oscar being champion for what it's worth. I'm not happy that she was like tap dancing and jumping all over the place. <laughs> yeah, that's her character, crazy right. character at the moment. But still, this is uh, no. It would have been a nice touch. Everybody coming out and congratulating back. Yeah. They like have everyone, uh, heels and baby faces, because she has yes. been the top star. I mean, she has yes. really stepped up more than anyone else over the last couple of years as far as rising, going up and beyond. So, yeah, I agree. That would have been a cool moment. Yeah. Um, but regardless, they went to the back, uh, and then, you know, Becky was congratulated yeah. again in the back. They had a bunch yeah. of the baby faces come up and congratulate her. Which so, cool. yeah, that was cool. Up next, uh, a no DQ match between Bobby Lashley and Humberto Carrillo. I think we all kind of knew where this was headed. Um, the finish saw Lashley put on the full Nelson on Carrillo and take him out. So they're clearly giving um, Lashley a big push here. Yeah, I'm fine with that. I, I, you know, he's a monster. Yeah, and we'll get to it later, but it looks like they're aligning him with MVP too. So um, yeah, uh, that could be money. I think you know they Lashley. Work together in TNA. They work together in TNA. Yeah, the beatdown clown. So, right. Yeah, that could be cool. Uh, uh, next, we went to um, the Street Profits backstage talking about the Viking Raiders, and they're going to have a two-on-two basketball game later tonight. And um, what was that about? I don't what know if they're that, playing off I... the the Last Dance or. Oh, I'm, you know what? I sadly enough could see that actually. I could see an out of touch writer saying. You know what's cool and edgy right now? The Michael Jordan Glass Dancer Show on ESPN. It's the highest rated show ever. <laughs> I could I could see that yeah. actually, sadly enough, sadly enough. They should have put some but, lines from the documentary in. Like remember the the guy on the last one who said uh or Michael Jordan said that he said uh nice game, Mike, and that like really ticked him off. <laughs> yeah. So if they had the like the Street Prophet say nice game, Ivar, and then Ivar just starts going nuts, that would have been loses it. Yeah. <laughs> But well, Bradford, uh, Bradford Smith. Yes, yes, yeah. And, Scrub out of nowhere, who lit Jordan up for what it's worth for thirty-seven points. Holy crap! Right, yeah. And that documentary is so good, and same as the Undertaker one. So, it's a lot of good documentaries yeah. out there. Two things I never thought we would see: 
We had the best childhood. I, I haven't been on the show with you in a while, Raj, but I've been saying this over and over. We had the best childhood, bar none, of athletes and entertainers and just the best of the best. We had Michael Jackson, Michael Jordan, um, Undertaker. Mike Tyson. Um, Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Mike Tyson. There you go. Yeah. We had the best of the best we got to see, man. And yeah. so I think it's so cool that now we get to see, the younger fans get to see our, like, our our uh, idols, so Michael Jordan. And then Undertaker for wrestling. And they could see all this background stuff on them. I never thought we would see, especially Taker stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of people who probably don't get how big Michael Jordan was, you watch this and, and you get it. Because LeBron James is huge, but n- no one was that no. big as like no, a Jordan no, or Michael no. Jackson. Yes. Um, so, anyway, we had the, the basketball game coming up later. Uh, then we went to. Angel Garza versus Akira Tozawa. So backstage, they had Zelina Vega, uh, Andrade, Austin Theory, and Angel Garza all arguing. So they're, I mean, they're kind of already splitting this group up, it seems like. Uh, they never it really. It felt like a village people to me, anyway. It felt like too many different people. I like the two of them together, though. Angel and uh, Angel yeah. and Andrade. Yes. I like those two together. I don't yeah. like Austin Theory with them. I think getting beat right off the bat constantly and just looking super weak with Drew, which I actually don't mind because I like that they're making Drew look superhuman. They haven't done that in a while. They haven't yes. done that since Brock, really. So it's uh, or since Braun as well. So I, I I like that they're doing that with Drew. Yeah. Um. So anyway, we we had Angel Garza versus Akira Tozawa. Uh, Angel beat him. Uh, dropped Tozawa with the wing clipper. A lot of people are bringing out that Akira Tozawa is in the cruiserweight tournament that they're doing. That's like the like the G one, and he's getting a bunch of wins, so he's in that tournament. But he's treated like enhancement talent on Raw. Okay, and you well, know, they're saying it makes the title look bad, but it's not like it's not like that's uh, that's been drawing anyway. I, I didn't know that title meant something. <laughs> well, it it doesn't. Um. Oh, anyway, uh, after the after the match, they start arguing again. Zelina Vega gets involved. Drew McIntyre comes out uh, for whatever reason. I guess just being a bully. <laughs> and he just kicks the crap out of <laughs> kicks the crap out of Garza and Theory. <laughs> uh, he delivers a claymore kick to Theory, and then uh, Angel Garza, and then it's down to him and Andrade, and then they decide to have a match. So. Uh, that led to Drew versus Andrade, non-title champion versus champion. You know, non-title is one of those banned WWE terms. You can't say non-title anymore. Actually, it's been like oh, that for really? five years. Yeah, I never knew that. Yeah, so on all these matches, they can't say it's non-title, and so like later say? on, what's that? What do they say instead of non-title? Nothing. <laughs> so you don't know. Why? Why is that a thing? How did that enter into Vince McMahon's head of the newest ism that he's going to start like mandating? Do you know Have what you mean? Seen... Like, what day did he show up and say, "You know what? From now on, we'll never say these are non-title matches," and just confuse fans? Remind me to Every... send you that list that they have of the stuff you can't say. You can't say "Granddaddy of them all" for WrestleMania because it seems old. You can't say. Uh, oh. You can't say. I don't think you could say title change. There's a bunch of like little ones like that. It's like, and it's like you can't say title change. It's changing the title, or you know, I don't know if that's exactly oh one of them. God. But there's like just pages and pages of stuff you can't say. But non-title is one of them. Well, then what? We're supposed to so, so say my wife walked in the room, didn't understand what was happening. Yep. I saw these two champions facing off. She's not so, like that's misleading. Well, it's even worse later when you have the iconics. Who beat the champions and they never said it. So Samoa Joe thought the Iconics won the titles after that match was over. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> yeah, so they can say title is not on the line, I guess, but they can't say non title. Or I don't even know. They haven't been saying that either. So I'll have to double check on that. I know for sure non title is a, a banned phrase. Uh, so, anyways, we went to Drew versus Andrade. Um, kind of what you would expect. Drew hit uh, reverse Alabama slam, waited for Andrade to get get up, nailed the Claymore. Drew covered him for the win. Drew gets the the win. So making Drew look strong. That? He looked like a beast, and he should be. Yeah, he looks like a million bucks. I love where he's at right now. 
Although I did not like the handshake stuff. Right. The other night, by the way, I just want to point that out. Um, mm-hmm. I have money in the bank. Um, do they call it a reverse Alabama sign, by the way? Uh, I don't think they did on commentary, but that's pretty much <laughs> what it was, right? That is, that is what it is. I never really picked up on that until you just said that. That is what it technically is. Yeah. Do have, hey, before we move on, do we have any super chatters? Uh, super chatters, <laughs> we had the one earlier, and that's that's it so okay. far. Oh, we just got one. Uh, Antoine Fair said, one of the iconics said, don't put the titles up. Why would they say that? Huh. I didn't catch it, but I, I don't get why they would. Why would they not want the titles on the line? I got to go back and watch that, Antoine. Good call, though, if you caught that. I yeah. missed it. Uh, all right. So we, afterwards, uh, so Drew won that match. Still to come, Edge and Randy Orton are here, plus the Vikings versus the Street Profits in a two-on-two basketball game. Oh, uh, I forgot. Uh, after the match, uh, Drew cut a promo. He said that they're doing a brand invitation, brand-to-brand invitation. And so he says next week he's challenging, or no, no, some... He's facing Baron Corbin. So Baron Corbin's going to be on Raw next week. Charlotte Flair is going to be on NXT. So they did this thing now where they're loosening the uh, the brand split. So I guess Fox and USA Network requested uh, that they start interchanging the stars, especially now. See? You got- Dude, I said this last night, and I got shut down by Ju- uh, Justin and Glenn that I'm wrong, or that I'm stupid, one of the two, when I said that, that they're going to get rid of this brand extension. And they're like, well, they have Fox has a certain amount of stars on that show that they definitely want to have. I'm like, they're going to get both. Don't you see? They're going to get all the stars on, on USA. They're going to be able to use any star they want on Fox now. What do you mean? That's a good thing for those networks. And the shitter, the ratings are in the shitter. They're going to need to do this. And I think it's a good idea. I'm sorry. Yeah, especially now you got Brock gone. You got Roman gone. Now Becky. The your three biggest stars. So um, Great point. Yes. Yeah. And I know for younger talent, Raj, and the mid-card talents that we try to root for and whatnot, that's all well and good. I'm sorry. They're the ones that suffer the most. I'm sorry. I'm sick of it. I, I it, There's top stars that I want to see more of. I want to see more from Braun. I want to see more from Bray Wyatt. I want to see more from some of these other talents. That, that I want to see them twice a week. I, know, I think that's a good thing. Yeah, I agree. And because... Uh, you can only see Drew destroy, you know, Andrade and his crew so many times before it, it's uh, super redundant. Uh, Terry Allen with the five dollar super chat saying, "Twice on Sunday, Dana Brooke was booked to be very, em- was booked to be embarrassing, very unfair. She does contain desire to be champion, and seems Vince won't allow it. The one thing I thought with Money in the Bank is the whole thing was just for comedy, and that's that's why it didn't yes. work for me. Like it was just all supposed to be a joke. It was." I actually, for what it's worth, hook, line, and sinker, thought Dana Brooke was getting a cool little, uh, 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 like, rub there because I thought there was a new uh, thing in the match I wasn't aware of. Right. That you can get, that there was, if you want to stop off and get this money briefcase that legit has, like, a million bucks in it or something, right. that that's what she was doing. So I was like, oh, that's pretty creative. Good for WWE, given another caveat in this match if you want to just eliminate yourself but go for this briefcase full of real legit shoot money you could and right. i thought that's what that she was doing and i was like oh oops yeah right. <laughs> yeah i thought yeah I, I agree i thought dana kind of stood out more because of that you know when you think of the, the people in that match um it's the tough. one thing again the mcmahons they can't help themselves they make the uh the wrestlers seem like school children <laughs> you know like yes stephanie yes. telling her to clean up Nia Jax's drool and you know Vince with Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles you wouldn't be doing that with Taker or Austin or guys they see as you know the larger than life stars no I've been watching some old attitude stuff he was doing that with Kurt Angle right. when Kurt Angle was champion actually mm-hmm. um, there was a match that the, the Vince lost he had to kiss the Rock's ass yeah. and he went ham because he was tag partners with Kurt that night and Kurt lost it for him yeah. and Kurt was begging off of Vince, and he Vince was digging into him. He says, your fault. You should be doing it, and digging into him. And then backstage in the panel segments, he would do it to Rock and the rest of them, but he was doing it to Kurt. So I wonder if it started then yeah. with this demeaning stuff of him thinking he can get over on his own talent like that. Do you know what I mean? Because I, I never, ever thought it would happen in that era. Yeah, and but back then he did. Yeah. yeah, but that back then he'd get over on – because Kurt wasn't at the level of Austin yet. Um, or I mean, he was the I mean, champion. No one though. ever got. He was, a, 
he was a champion, but he wasn't. Yeah, you're you're right. He wasn't like Austin esque, no. But right. he was yeah. a world champion. Yeah, um, and and he and he was in a comedy a character too, so it, it worked maybe is why. Well, you, know. you remember they did that to Jericho with Stephanie McMahon when he first won the title, oh, and it didn't work at all. Like it made him look like a mid carter. It did. Yeah. Yes, that's a good call, actually. Yeah. Tammy pointing out the money in the bank. It was a comedy comedy match. They all look foolish. Yeah, it wasn't like. Yeah, Tammy's right. I mean, I like that Oscar one, but it wasn't. It didn't feel like you saw, you know, something. Uh, something triumphant. spectacular. Right. It, it wasn't. It was. It was a mad dash. Go chase. You know, capture the flag. Right. Uh, back from break, we had MVP. First, we saw Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross, and then we saw MVP praising Bobby Lashley backstage. Uh, he's asking Lashley why he's fighting people like Humberto Carrillo, pointing out that Lashley hasn't gotten a world title match since 2007, which is crazy when you think about what? it. What? Yeah, in no, WWE, obviously. And uh, he said it's you know he's been there so wow. long, and he has he's in the same spot. So basically. Yeah, when you put it like that, it makes it sound like he's been here for 13 years. If you're like a young kid, you know, this guy's been here for 13 years and hasn't had a world championship opportunity. Wow. I think the last time was probably with John Cena and that, yeah, that would have been 2007. So yeah. that is crazy. So yeah, MVP basically inviting him. Then he saw Lana and, uh, <laughs> he said, if Lashley is looking for a way out, come find him. And then Lana just started this, this, Horrible screaming, which Lana is a trained yeah. actress and she's a good actress, but this is the material this they're giving her, good. and it was, you know, it was brutal. No, this wasn't it wasn't good at all. It's it's embarrassing, like uh embarrassingly bad. Yep. And speaking of which, then we went to a moment of bliss. Um they talked about Becky Lynch's pregnancy and Mother's Day, and then they welcomed their guests, the iconics. Uh, <laughs> And they started, and this was Iconic's first match back in yes. a year, which I was excited for because I'm a big fan of theirs. Yeah, I mean they got they got charisma. Um, Alexa yes. Bliss and Nikki Cross. Uh, Alexa Bliss is a great heel. She yes. needs to turn on Nikki Get fast. You. I agree. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, because I just feel like she's running in place right now. She was the first woman to win both SmackDown and Raw Women's Championships. Did you know that? Yeah, that's right. She really was. Did I know that? I was at Walgreens the other night and I saw her action figure set there. I turned, <laughs> I, I grabbed the box and turned it around and read like the bio stuff. I was like, I didn't know that. And yeah. I was like, why is she? T-? And in my head, I go, why the hell is she tagging with this other lady girl right now? What the hell? She needs to dump her. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Justin Lopez, he's pointing out, yeah, it was Cena versus Lashley at the Great American Bash in two thousand seven. Wow. That's just wild. Thank you, Justin. Yeah, thank you, Justin. And Antoine oh, saying, and this is a good point. Uh, Antoine Ferris with the $5 super chat. Thank you, Antoine. He's saying, my wife came in at the Lana stuff and said they were trying to make her the new Vicky. Huh. You know what's crazy, Antoine? I feel like I know Antoine. He always, he always chimes in. Uh, Antoine, our wives and like people that don't watch the show like we all do, they're good gauges, in my yeah. opinion. They make the most the most excellent gauges of what it works, what is like super embarrassing, like what Raj was alluding to earlier, um, and whatnot. Of my opinion, what is good about wrestling and what is just rotten. You know what I mean? Look to your wives, you guys that are watching the show. Look to your husbands and, and see what their opinions are if they don't watch wrestling normally. It's a pretty good gauge for like what is really shitty. <laughs> That is true. That's why I can't watch <laughs> most of it. <laughs> um, yeah, man. Leonza Duncan, uh, thank you for the ten dollars super chat. Saying he's uh, she's uh, all in with the Lashley MVP BDC, uh, pointing out that the beatdown crew was Bobby's best run, and you could legitimize yeah. him and revisit him and Drew's TNA feud. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Uh, actually, add Cruz Ricochet. It's okay. Yo, I love that. Actually, I'll take that. You see what he adds in here? He adds Cruz, Ricochet, and Cedric. People will bring up about their similarity, but it makes sense. I mean, no. It gives them something to do, right? Be yeah. I would say add one or two of them. You don't want to add too many underneath guys at one time. Then y- you see what happened with Angel Garza's group, right? You know, they, they immediately start getting treated like... They didn't have a Bobby Lashley. No, but remember when you had Kurt Angle and, you know, Edge had Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder. When you just add guys that aren't quite 
there yet. They, they're treated that way, and then the group never really gets over. But can I? Okay, can I give you one example though, where it did work in that same edge group? They also had um, Vicky and Chavo. It brought Chavo up. It brought Chavo up so much that he became the ECW champion, and it was actually credible that he was the champion at the time. Swear Chavo, to God, was it, Chavo was in that group. Swear to Christ, yes. Not at first. It, it, it blossomed into that when Vicky and Edge started becoming a thing, and then Chavo got into it and he had a bodyguard at the time. I forget the guy's name. He was there for like two minutes. Six foot eight guy. Um, he got released, but Chavo, I swear, went on to be ECW champion. Um, but but you're right for like Edge and Hawkins, it didn't do much for them. Um, but I don't know. I think maybe two of those guys. I really wanted MC to do something with Cruz. I love Cruz and I love Ricochet. Yeah. And I'd like to see them get something that they could sink their teeth into, character wise. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Steve Marchicelli uh, saying Brian versus Black for SmackDown uh, invite. Uh, yeah, I mean. What does that mean? What, what does that mean, invite? So that that uh, brand to brand invitational. So having Alistair oh. Black invite Daniel Bryan. So it's kind of like the wild card rule, except it's an invitation. So you can invite Dude, someone for awesome. the other brand. That match, hell yeah, I pay to see that match and give them time. Give them like 15 minutes, 20 yeah. minutes. Yeah, the roster has felt so thin. This really, you know, deepens it by uh, by opening it up. But um, yeah. Uh, anyway, we went to the Iconics versus Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. Uh, Iconics got the win. I mentioned earlier Samoa Joe thought they won the tag team titles, the women's tag team titles, but they didn't. Uh, so Iconics are going to be getting a title match next week. Yeah, I, I just, again, Alexa Bliss is a much bigger deal than what she's been currently reserved to be doing for these last year or so. And everyone says, well, because she can't wrestle a full match potentially because of her concussions history or injury history or whatever the story is. So if that's the case, then that's different. But if it's not, I'd love to see her get back to her old ways because she was a heater. But we don't have any fans in the arena right now. So right. it's so damn tough to be a true heater without the fans to play off of. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tyrant Justice saying five-man groups only work if two or three of them have championships. Yeah, if you had Ricochet and Cedric win the tag titles and put them in there. Yes. Um, yeah, that could be that could be something. It's a fair point. Good point. Turn them heel because they're not they're not doing anything right now as as baby faces. Uh, no. Char- Charlie Caruso is backstage with Rey Mysterio. <laughs> He's feeling great after being thrown off the. They made it clear he wasn't thrown off the roof. He was thrown. He was thrown to a secondary roof. Uh, him and Alistair Black both. They basically explained all this. Um, Ray came out. I mean, uh, Seth Rollins came out. Ray congratulated Seth for being a father. And saying how it genuinely changes your life. He's happy for Rollins and Becky Lynch. Rollins just had this weird gaze, walked away, and Ray said, what a dick. Dropping the, the dick word on Raw, which you usually don't hear. Yeah, 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 that was funny. That was good. Yeah. Um, so we saw uh, MVP Brendan Vink and Shane Thorne versus Cedric Alexander, Ricochet, and R-Truth. R-Truth did this backstage segment where he... He put the fake teeth in. It was pretty Ricky. A lot of R-Truth stuff works for me. This doesn't. I just This was one of those wife-walking-in things. Yes. Yes, it was. It most certainly was. <laughs> so he did the cross-eyed, jacked-up teeth. So anyway, he was doing the, the pretty Ricky gimmick, uh, and they got the win in this match. R-Truth, Cedric Alexander, and Ricochet beating MVP Brandon Bink and Shane Thorne after Truth hit the lie detector on MVP for the win. There you go. Uh, after the war... This, the... this, this, this hurts MVP, by the way. Well, what are they doing? If he's supposed to be having his own stable, I don't like him losing. I know he shouldn't be winning either. Don't, don't let him wrestle. If he's going to be yeah. a stable leader or whatever and be the voice and be the talker, then you can't be having him being punked out and losing matches either in my opinion it's a waste yeah yeah it's like bobby heenan it would take something away if he was also an enhancement talent you know wouldn't it yeah yeah we used to want to we used to pay so much money to see hulk hogan get him in a weasel outfit or whatever and chase him around but we'd wait a year for that right yeah exactly um 
So what do we have next? Uh, oh, after the match, uh, R-Truth was standing tall, but Bobby Lashley came out, hit a big spear, destroyed R-Truth as MVP watched, and then he stood by as MVP leveled Truth with a running kick to the head. So MVP and Lashley, looks like they're doing it, so I'm all for that. Good. Yes. Hell yes. And they got general, I'm sorry, uh, legitimate chemistry. That's the best part. I hope this opens Bobby up and he starts showing what we saw him be able to do in TNA. Bobby can be a very good heel. We know this. He's done it. He's proven it. WWE needs to get off his back. Let him be Bobby. And the rest will take care of itself, I hope. Yeah. Lonzo Smith pointing out that Ray and Alistair were thrown onto crash pads. Yeah, of course. <laughs> that would uh, that would no, suck. Lonzo, I thought Lonzo, I thought they were thrown out right under I-95. <laughs> and that's another reason why they had to play music, by the way. That Titan Tower is literally right on top of I-95. Yeah. Um, it is so loud with traffic, you guys out there. It's crazy loud. Well, the one thing right now is there's not much traffic. Um, speaking of which, Eddie Omeng is asking what they'll do for a Royal Rumble format. Well, hopefully um, hopefully we'll have crowds by then. Um, but if not, I mean, there's easy ways you could do it. You could have it so there's never more than ten people in the ring. I will. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'll just tell you what I'll do. I'll stooge it off when they when I get invited to be a surprise entrance this year. I'm gonna stooge <laughs> it off to you guys. All right, there we go. So when we <laughs> when we break the story, we we won't tell our source, but you guys will know. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie Caruso, who's just been looking fantastic, is backstage with Jinder Mahal. I mean, she looks like a superstar back there. Um, yeah, she does. Backstage with Jinder Mahal, Mahal uh, welcoming welcoming him back. This kind of set up the seeds a little bit for Jinder and Drew because uh, Jinder bringing up that Drew is his old pal. He's WWE champion. Yeah. He was elated to watch Drew's success, and uh, he learned. Jinder said he learned from his past mistakes, and he's on his way back <coughs> to the top. So he said his his journey to the top this time will be a hero's journey, and walked off. So definitely planting the seeds there. Yes, loved it. Loved it. Yeah. Uh, we saw AJ Styles. This was kind of random. He was sitting down with popcorn in the back to watch this look at the Undertaker's last ride special on the WWE Network. I uh, went to Shayna Baszler, who's backstage with Charlie, um, who was at, Shayna was asked about Becky's pregnancy. Baszler, Baszler wondered how stupid Becky was to get knocked up as champion. She said, 10 out of 10 mothers will swear that pregnancy didn't ruin their careers. Um, it goes on to say that Becky's throwing everything away to sit at home uh, for a miserable parasite. And she said to imagine the man barefoot and fat sitting on the couch eating bonbons and said that the kid is going to suck. And then went on to say, you know who the father is? I rest my case. <laughs> Dude, this was, I'll give her credit, not her, whoever wrote it. This was good. This was great heat as far as being a jerky jerk jerk. Yeah, she was Seriously. very uh... <laughs> very unlikable, very unlikable, and very, oh my God, I can't believe that she said that. Do you yeah, know what I mean? You know who she reminded me of tonight was uh, Nelson Muntz from The Simpsons. The, 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 the bully <laughs> Just like a total unredeemable prick. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, um... Anyways, they, they did a special look at The Last Ride, which is fantastic. If you haven't watched it yet, go watch it. Uh, chapter one's already out. Uh, and at the end, AJ Styles, they show him not happy, throwing his popcorn and storming off. And that I think that was the end of AJ for tonight. So, yeah. Great use of AJ there. <laughs> right. um, up next, we had Rey Mysterio and Alistair Black versus Seth Rollins and, and Murphy. Seth Rollins came out just looking like he had been on a five day drinking binge, you know, like not moving, just standing there, his hair is all jacked up. He looked like he didn't, you know, oil up or anything. Uh, just looked lazy out there. He wasn't tagging in, didn't do anything. So it was pretty much Murphy working the whole match against Mysterio and black. Uh, at one point, Ray went for a six one nine on Murphy, but Rollins catched him from the floor and then slammed Ray on the floor and the Ray called for the I mean, the referee called for the bell, which that makes no sense. You know, Rollins was in the match. I didn't understand that. Yeah, so anyway. I missed something. Yeah, no, it was just it was random. I have no idea why that was a DQ. So, but anyway, it was. And then afterwards, Rollins snapped and just started attacking Ray Mysterio. Uh, hit a thumb to Ray Mysterio's eyes. The referee asked him to back up, but he kept going after the eye. It kind of was 
pulled his mask up and was rubbing his eye on the stairs. So it looked like he was jabbing his eye on the staircase. It was really, it's really nasty looking. They had, they had him juice, so he was like bleeding from the eye. It looked, I mean, it looked gnarly. It was pretty, it's pretty violent. Yeah, it was. I, I thought it was good though. Yeah, it was. It was very effective. Uh, it made Ray look hurt, and and Rollins look cr- kind of crazy. So, can I can I just point one thing out for the for the fans real quick? Um, the reason why Seth he did a good job with this it shows me he's maturing as a performer. He purposely came out and started all that match off, like Raj said, uh, not calm, cool, collected, but disheveled almost, and, and looked like he wasn't really trying at times. Looked like he wasn't exerting a lot of energy. And he did a very good job. That's a very mature move to do that veterans do, which you heard Taker talk in his documentary a little bit about when it's time to really hit the gas pedal, you do. But he would stalk, stalk, stalk his opponent, stalk his opponent, and then blink of an eye, he would do something really cool and athletic and then back to that slow pace. Not saying that what Seth was doing, but I'm saying what Seth did a good job of was setting the table for that very grand finale of what he was going to do to Rey Mysterio by not wasting any energy or action. Like he normally does with his body language and his how he's jibber jabbering on his way down to the ring and talking shit and whatever. He didn't waste it all tonight. You could tell, in my opinion, that, that was very well thought out. Yeah, it's kind of a bad example, but it's kind of like how Festus used to be, where he's just catatonic and then yes, like, yes, yeah, no, no, yes. But meaning it was done on purpose, which right. is super mature. I didn't have the maturity to do that when I was still doing it. He's very, very, very smart. I thought that was very well done. I thought this was the most effective Seth Rollins segment since this Messiah thing started. Since yes, uh, since wrestling, I hate them. I'm not a fan of the Messiah thing. I was happy him seeing him do something different finally, mm-hmm. but I'm not dig. I haven't been digging it that much. But this tonight, I did. Yeah, I did. I agree. I thought that was a really good segment. Uh, back from break, they're showing Ray, uh, you know, backstage in the trainer's room. Uh, he's with Aleister Black. Uh, Seth uh, Seth Rollins and Murphy came up, and for whatever reason. Uh, Rollins went to apologize, and then Black went after Murphy and not Seth, you know, who was the one that injured Ray's eye. So, anyway, they were separated, but whatever. It's little details like that, though. Like, why would you not? That takes two seconds. That takes two seconds to write for. Yeah, you have him go after Seth, and Murphy cuts him off, and then, you know. Yes, simple. Yeah. Simple, simple, simple. And also, would really really he go in there to apologize to him? (laughs) Well... Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know if that's the, his character now, where he just kind of goes crazy and then calms down, and I don't know. But yeah, I don't know. We'll see. But good stuff um, before yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, then we went to that video of the Street Profits warming up for their two-on-two game with the Viking Raiders. The Viking Raiders show up in their full Vikings gear, um, act like they don't know what basketball is. And... Uh, then we go to commercial, come back, and they have their game. And you just see the Street Profits just destroying them. Uh, they threw a, a white man can't jump line. Uh, yeah, they won 74-2, to two, I think. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing for nothing, though. Like They got to get the Viking Warriors off my TV. I'm sorry. I don't like them. I hate saying that. That's so mean. It's dicky. I just don't like them. I don't like the characters. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Yeah, I mean, it's they're putting them in these comedy segments, but they're not funny. It's not like Otis, where Ooh. Otis is actually funny. Um, you know, I don't think Otis should have won Money in the Bank, but he's he's funny. Oh, he's no. entertaining. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, then we come back to the basketball game. It turns out the Viking Raiders knew how to play all along, and then they're just dunking and and shooting, and they come back and say, "See, we're we're better than you guys at at everything." and the street profits aren't uh, thrilled. So this isn't the road warriors versus the midnight express. <laughs> <laughs> so Shayna Baszler, keeping it up. Natalia approaches her, uh, isn't happy with what Shayna said earlier. <laughs> and then uh, Baszler asks what Natalia knows about being a mother. She said, you know, that uh, the high art dynasty will die with Natalia and she'll never have kids. So Shayna is just brutal tonight. Dude, she is spitting. There's nothing but heat on everybody tonight. I felt like Jeez. today her promos were the most natural for her today. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, just uncomfortable, though, on top of it for us to watch, which right. is 
what you should be aiming for. I mean, she went right for the jugular tonight for everybody. Yeah. Yeah, because up until now, I always found her promo was a little awkward. Terrible. And, and this, was, me, this, terrible. Was her, this was her best night, I think, on the main roster so far. Definitely has been. Yeah. So they went out. They had a quick match. Uh, Baszler went to break Natalia's arm, which she had been doing recently. Natalia tried to counter with the roll-up, came up short. Baszler neveled Natalia with a knee strike for the pin to win. So like, good win for Shayna, good night for Shayna. Yes, yes. She needed to win this. They need to rebuild her. If, they, if she has more of these promos in her, you know what I mean? Right. Good, because she could be a very good heel if they do this right with her. Yeah. Uh, Charlie was backstage with King Baron Corbin, who's talking about facing Drew McIntyre next week. Uh, mm-hmm. He said that uh, basically he's going to... Yeah, he's gonna. If if McIntyre thinks the battle with Brock Lesnar made him, that's not the case. He says Drew wrote his coattails on Raw for more than a year, watching him earn the crown. And Corbin said next week he'll prove why they call him the King. So yeah, yeah dude, that shit. I love I love Baron Corbin as far as how much he's improved. Um, he's another one that really needs the fans, live yeah. fans. You know, it's weird without him. Yeah, when you're going for cheap heat and there's no reaction, it's like stand-up comedy, you know, stand-up comedians telling it, that that style and there's no, yeah. there's no crowd. It, it makes me uncomfortable, not in a good way where I hate him kind of way, but and I feel bad for him. He's being put in these predicaments right. way, which we don't ever want to, you don't ever want to put your fans in that predicament with your heels. You don't ever want them second-guessing or ever at home even having sympathy for the heel because right. of the situation they're in. Right. And again, uh, how they did it with Shayna was much better. Not doing it in the, you know, I, I, I just thought Shayna had the better promo than Corbin, but no, no question. And I, I don't say that lightly because Corbin's promos are usually pretty solid. Yeah, and uh, hers are usually in the shitter somewhere. Right. But to me, they were very good. Yeah. Uh, up next was the main event segment: Edge and Randy Orton returning to Raw for the first time since WrestleMania. Uh, Charlie Cruz is in the ring, calls Edge in. Uh, Edge noted that the promo last week on Raw said that he was going to be on Raw to hunt Randy Orton down. He said that's not the case. He said he's done with Randy Orton. That last man <clears throat> standing match was it. He came back to retire on his own terms, but that WrestleMania is not the end for Edge. So teasing he's going to do something else Then Randy Orton's music hit. Orton came out, first congratulated Edge, said he was the better man, started to leave, then walked back in, uh, said Edge was better that night in that street fight. He was better in the Royal Rumble when he had 29 other guys behind him. But one-on-one in a straight wrestling match, Edge couldn't beat him. So he challenged Edge to a match. Edge is pretty much silent this whole point. Uh, Never gave an answer, so it ended with Edge just kind of looking off, not accepting the challenge. Um, And I thought Edge, his acting ability shows. He he didn't overact. He didn't uh, overdo it. He's really good, dude. Like, I hope other producers are watching this and directors are watching this guy. Yeah. Like, somebody needs to write some shit for him because his acting is just, we shouldn't be talking about that. When we watch wrestling, we shouldn't be like, oh, their acting was really amazing. But right. yet, he makes you do that. That's how freaking good he is. Yeah. It's back in the day when we used to watch The Rock. Every one of us used to be like, oh my God, how, like, this guy is like a modern day Arthur Fonzarelli. He's the coolest guy in every room he walked in. He's so cool. And then he started doing like Tooth Fairy. And we're like, how hard is it for a director to see what he used to do on SmackDown? Totally jabroning people on the mic. He was funny, witty. All the girls wanted to be with him. All the dudes wanted to be him. How hard is it to write for that? It's simple. The blueprint has literally been done for you as the rock character he plays. Do that, more of that kind of stuff for him. And then they started to write cooler roles for him. Yeah. And then the rest was history. But like when we watch wrestling, we don't sit there and go, oh, wow, well, this guy's an amazing actor. Right. Edge is so damn good. He makes you do that. Yeah. Because you're right. You're right, Raj. And one of the great things was that he wasn't, you know, he's natural. He was very natural in this. He wasn't overly doing the unsure, you know, not not knowing how to answer. He he played it subtly. And it just he was really good. It really Fans, stood out. Go back and watch like some of my shit from TNA or whatnot, right? And I, I'm just speaking from my own perspective. I would I would have been the guy that would have been overdoing it. I, I wouldn't grab you know like going to the if, pretend that there were fans in there right now. What do you think? What do you all think? Should I? Should I? Should I? What do you think? You know what I mean? And totally like overdoing it and making it super hokey, like many wrestlers usually do. 
and do too much overthinking instead of just relaxing and being natural, which is a frigging skill. I swear to God, it's a skill. And Edge has got it, man. He's got it, man. He, I'm excited he's back. Yeah. It reminds me of Bret Hart back in the day where he, he was the same way. He wouldn't overdo it. So it all seemed real, especially the stuff with him and Sean, where when Bret would look pissed, he uh, looked like he was legitimately pissed. And, oh, yeah. You know, he wasn't like huffing and puffing, oh, yeah. you know? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, Jared Wilson, yeah, pointing out Edge looked like 10 years younger tonight. Yeah, he's, he got rid of that beard or he cleaned up a little Which- bit. I don't know, and this is not fair because I'm getting to that age too. But like, he physically looked better at Royal Rumble than he's looked physically, in my opinion. But then when when he left off, he didn't have abs like that. He didn't have vascularity like that. He was never a body guy. And this here he's back to Royal Rumble, but you kept looking at that patch of gray here. Right. I think that's a horrible thing to say because I shouldn't really have one way or another rhyme or reason as to if somebody's really in good shape or not but it's hard to ignore it. So I dug that thing. He got rid of it because now it gets it out of there. And now you can just look at the dude's physique and go like, God dang, he put a lot of work in. He's going to be kicking someone's ass now. And I don't know. I I agree. And I I felt that way with Goldberg when he came back because he looks still, I mean, he still looks dominant, but that gray goatee, like he just, he had just dyed it. Yes. Yes. I agree. But it doesn't matter. But anyway, uh, that was raw. Um, Again, there was, again, good stuff on the show with Edge, Norton, some of the Shayna Baszler stuff. Uh, obviously, you go back and watch the Becky Lynch. You watch yeah. this on Fast Forward. It's not a bad show. So, it's not. And to be fair, the, the bookends of this ma- of this show was very good. Very yeah. strong. Yeah. But um, it's it's all that mi- middle stuff, the, the Humberto stuff. The I hope there's better days for Robbie Lashley with MVP. So, I've got to look forward to that, hopefully. But the stuff that got us there, it was just, nah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, that was raw for this week. Um, I know you guys touched on it last night, but uh, Alberto Del Rio uh, was arrested on May the 9th in San Antonio. Uh, some really horrific stuff coming out in this police report. So, uh, Is that where he lives? Yeah, yeah, he's in San Antonio. So... The police report came out. Um, so Del Rio apparently had been in a relationship with this woman, was accusing him of being unfaithful. Uh, the victim, who only speaks Spanish, claims that Del Rio smashed her cell phone and laptop and attempted to burn her passport. The attack started on May the 3rd at 10 p.m. It wasn't reported until a week later, but started at 10 p.m. on May the 3rd and continued till 2.30 p.m. on May the 4th, so till well into the next day. Uh, the woman claims... That Del Rio choked her and shoved a sock in her mouth to keep her quiet at one point and said she could not breathe while the sock sock was in her mouth. Said that Del Rio hit her several times in the head that left her feeling woozy and dizzy. And then during the attack, she claims that he sexually assaulted her with his penis and other body parts. And she was adamant that she did not consent to any sexual activity. Uh, She said that she's afraid of Del Rio and planned to leave the city as soon as possible and had multiple bruises on her face, arms, legs, and neck. Uh, it was noted in the police report she is 5 feet 5, 132 pounds, while Del Rio uh, in the police report was listed at 6 foot 4, 240 pounds. Uh, he was released on $50,000 bail. Uh, he was also arrested last August due to aggra- aggravated assault with a deadly whip and was out on $20,000 bail. So, uh, There's a lot to unpack. Can you really quickly unpack the weapon thing? What was that? What so that was so last August. There's not much uh, out on that. The, the police report hasn't been out on what happened last August. It, it was quiet. We didn't know at the time. It just came out uh, when this came out that he was also arrested last August due to aggravated assault with a deadly weapon, but no other uh, details on that? that. So we don't know if he just drove down the street and just got out and pulled a gun on somebody versus like well, he, how he used it. He, he, the fact that he was able to get out on twenty thousand dollars bail. Um, show that it couldn't be too bad i mean it's bad obviously he got out on this and uh out on bail for this i mean i don't i don't make any excuses i don't know him and i don't really know him at all actually i've only met him one time when i went back to tna um but it seems like and again this is me armchair quarterbacking here not knowing any fact in this situation but it seems anytime something happens with him and he gets arrested there's alcohol involved there, there, there's, there's, there, there's substance or something. There's something mm-hmm. there. I don't know what it is, 
but it doesn't give you an excuse or a free card to do any of this. Dude, putting a sock in a woman's mouth. Oh, my God. That's the sh- that's stuff we see on television, like in terrible horror movies. Right. Like the, the, the worst of the worst oh. bad guys are doing that. Like on a TV show. Like, oh. Oh, my God. And I know we got to always let everything process, let the law run its course, right? And, and see what happens with everything because these are the alleged charges. Is that how it reads? Yeah. No? Yeah. These are all the claims that she made. These are all in the police report. So it's in there. But again, it's it's what she's claimed. And uh, you know. But he's not been convicted of this, correct? Right, right. Okay. Still, I mean, good Lord. Uh, oh. Yeah. Oh. Um, uh, what do you say to that? That is disgusting. He's been, he, he needs help. I, I mean, just from what you've been seeing over the years, um, from when he was it's with escalating. Paige and, and the, the videos. Yeah. So, um, I mean, that, that, that is some severely, that's some severe escalation right there. And it looks like and, you look at the, the mug shots, you hear the reports, it's more than alcohol, whatever it is. Um, uh, you know, you yeah. know, we can only speculate, but it's, it's oh. hopefully something's done before he becomes a, uh, before something really bad happens. And so, I mean, I guess something really bad already did, but that before, sounds be- pretty darn close. Yeah. Supposing yeah. she didn't, if, if, if what she says, you know, is true and she couldn't breathe, like, dude, that could have been it right there. Oh, it's got all, yeah, it's sexual assault and, and, uh, and assault. Oh. So, I mean, it's brutal. So, is she, real quick, is she okay? Do we know what, what her status is physically? Is she's she physically okay? okay. Cause she's talking about leaving the city. And so she, you know, was okay to file the police report and she had a son and uh, or a oh. child, and Del Rio apparently said that he was going to throw the kid in the middle of the road. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, it's not. Uh, yeah, threatened, oh starting to drop the child god. off in the middle of the road. What uh, the hell? Yeah. So. Oh, this oh my is... god! Oh my god! I'm sorry. I, I'm not trying to be like a wimp or anything, but th- this is horrifying. This is disgusting. Um, yeah. I mean, if it's, you know, even if it's, if even if he did a little bit of that, that I hopefully he gets some time uh, because yes. that is disgusting. Yes. That is disgusting. This dude needs some severe help. Yeah. It needs to be, you know, depending on what happens with the outcome of it, obviously, but still, just some of these details that you're saying are just, I couldn't even... Right, like you wouldn't even think of that in a if you were like a movie director and trying to come up with the worst things you could possibly do to someone, to to a woman and whatnot, right? Yeah, no, they, they would probably say no. That's too bad. Like no one's no one's that bad. Yes, nobody's that crazy. No one's right. that nuts to be doing something like that. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. That yeah. is disgusting. Uh, and geez, Louise. Yeah, um, you might have noticed that Money in the Bank last night was a lot shorter than other recent pay per view events. Vince McMahon is apparently made the call to shorten uh, pay-per-views, at least in this empty arena era. So, yeah, I mean, the main card was only two hours and 24 minutes. So it was like the the shortest pay-per-view that wasn't an in-your-house or a Tuesday in Texas, I think, in history. I mean, I don't see a problem with that. I think that's smart. Again, you want the fans in the arena to stick around to buy more stuff, to buy more T-shirts. It gives them more chance to go buy more merch. Well, I think when the crowds are back, they'll go back to making them longer. But uh, for now, I think it's I think it's better shorter because you see with Raw, you, you try to add too much or make it too long. It just feels like a chore. It all blends. So when you see Drew in the ring, even as much as we like him, even him, and I don't care if it was him versus Hulk Hogan, it, after the third hour, we're working into that third hour now, it all paint, the, the, the painting, if you will, this is a big painting. It's a big canvas. It just is the same damn picture. It was what it feels like to me every single match because yeah. the aesthetic looks way too similar no matter what they do. They did, if you looked at the, the timing of the show tonight, Raj, they did throw backstage more than they did last time on Raw and the week before as well, I noticed. Mm. But the aesthetic back there isn't changing enough, in my opinion. Yeah. And that's the difference of what AEW, in my opinion, has done differently. They've thrown the vignettes. 
they've thrown to dudes randomly outside. They've thrown to, do you know what I mean? It just right. seemed a lot more movement because of, and because of that, their show goes by much faster to me. Yes, I know it's two hours, right. but their show doesn't feel two hours to me. It well, doesn't be- drag to me. Right. Before this whole thing started, there are many weeks where I thought Raw was the better show, you know, with a lot of the Edge and Orton stuff, like where I thought it was the best show of the week. But yes. um, yeah, now with how long it is, Bruce Bennon asking, why not Short and Raw? They contractually yes. can't. So yeah. they have to do three hours every week on USA. <clears throat> uh, if they breach that contract, they lose that, you-, you know, that big TV deal with USA. Not lose it, but... It would it would cut down the money that they're bringing in, and their biggest you, money generator is TV. All right, really quick. Do you think if they were to deal out with USA and say, "Hey, look, if we can show, we can run. Let's run four two-hour episodes in a row, and let's see if the number changes. If we're able to improve our ratings, would you be cool if we did that permanently?" Well, they would probably have to like double their rating because to make up for that lost hour, yeah, okay. it would. Uh, and even then, you know, because they, Raw is really their only hit now. And so they are so desperate on that Raw rating. So that extra hour, just having that extra hour of hit TV. What do you, what do you mean it's their only hit? What? Oh, you mean USA? Yeah, USA. For USA, Raw is their only hit right, right. now. Okay. With Fox, it's a different story. Fox, you know, SmackDown's in last place now. And it's like last place in the demo which they weren't planning on that at the beginning. I mean, you saw the interviews no. with the Fox execs who were talking about how great uh, SmackDown is in, in the demo, and now uh, they're in last place. Obviously, they probably wouldn't be in the last pla- in last place if they had fans in the, sh- in the arenas, so I can't you know see doing? Fox doing anything would, anytime soon. I would throw as much money as humanly possible to get CM Punk's ass back in the ring. I don't care what it costs. You, they've got to go for shock at this point. They've got to start going for shock and do whatever they got to get bigger talents to come in. As strange as, it, as strange as it sounds, I'd get CM Punk on commentary. I think he would lift that show because he's not going to make a difference that much in ratings, I wouldn't think, um, right now with no crowd. He'll make a little bit right off the bat, but that's about it. But I think well, having we'll him throughout the show. What will do it? What's going to increase the rating? I think... Adding some fans to the stands, getting some noise. Because you see AEW went up last week. Uh, I think NXT, is they've also kind of hit their bottom. They're not dropping every week. So um, I think, uh, and last week, I thought that was the best looking show of this empty arena era was Dynamite. You know, where they had had the fireworks outside and, you know, everything. Definitely. Definitely was. I agree with that. Yeah. Why are they not copying a little bit of that? They've been copying other stuff they did. Why not just copy this part? What's so hard about this? I don't know, because they're filming in the same state, so they're clearly allowed to. And it's not like WWE. Allowed to. Right. It's not like they're uh, uh, they're they're too worried about safety because they jumped on continuing filming right off the bat. Um, so I, I honestly think a lot of it is they don't want to seem like they're copying AEW. Can I just point something out before we leave? Mm-hmm. I'm actually really surprised, although it was just announced tonight about Becky's pregnancy, right? Mm-hmm. That was the first time anyone knew about anybody outside of that company knew about it, right? Yeah. Just tonight on Raw? Yeah. Okay. I will be surprised if the media does not jump on WWE a little bit for continuing to do their filmings and tapings while there was a woman there on their roster pregnant. I don't think she has been on any of the TV since. Uh, since she found out she was pregnant. No. Yeah. Well, so, yeah. So they they did. Uh, I think they handled it well because I, I mean that's what everyone was wondering is why hasn't Becky been on? Uh, she hasn't wrestled. Uh, she's only been in you know uh, like the video packages for her twenty four seven special. I am can... so freaking Beyonce. Oh my god, I'm so excited for them. Yeah. They're, you already know their their stuff is going to turn upside down for the better. They're gonna. So cool. So happy for her. Yeah. And uh, we'll take this last super chat. Baby Maharaja, uh, thanks for the $5 super chat saying, not usually a Becky fan, but really enjoyed her promo. Shayna and Jinder's promos were good too. Corbin, Lashley, Jinder, potential rivals for Drew. Absolutely. Baby Maharaja, I agree. Baby Maharaja, I agree with every single thing you said. Yeah. Well, Corbin, definitely. We're seeing that next week. (laughs) Yep. All right. Well, Matt. That that about does it for this week. Uh, yeah, we kind of flew by. That was pretty fast. <laughs> yes, sir. 
but uh, I think we covered it. The show wasn't as bad when we talked about it as what I first was texting you. That was yeah. before Edge. I was texting you, so to yeah. be fair. I agree. Um, and it just it just feels so long there in the middle. And then it, it Yeah. It wasn't as bad. Just make those small changes, WWE. Come on. Um please. Yeah. So anyway, uh, we'll be back Wednesday night. It'll be Mr. Matt Morgan, Glenn Rubenstein, and Justin Labar reviewing Dynamite and NXT. I'll be here on Thursday at 8 p.m. Uh, Eastern doing a Saturday night's main event watch along. It's the second Saturday night's main event in 1987 with the Battle Royal uh, where Andre the Giant threw Hulk Hogan out like a piece of trash. And then Randy Savage versus George <laughs> Animal Steel. <laughs> it was, uh, it's an awesome episode. It's fun. It's, it's short. We, we just do a watch along, take some too. questions. And, and then uh, Friday we'll be back after SmackDown. So uh, thanks again, everyone, for joining in. And thank you for supporting the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Take care. Thank you. Thanks, guys. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.